Welcome back, everybody. It is Monday. We're recording it kind of late, so Claudia's going to edit this and have it up by tonight. But thank you for coming back and listening to our voices again. Um, as always, we're going to talk about our weeks. Oh, by the way, if you don't know, I'm Evelyn, and Claudia's the other person <laughs> here. <laughs> I feel like some people just don't know that. But anyways, we're going to talk about our week. So, Claudia, anything cool happen? Oh, I'm trying to, th- I was, guess I really don't know. I think I'm getting kind of sucked into the just monotony of every single day is kind of like the same, you know, mm-hmm. and it really sucks, but that's kind of how it's going for me. But today I'm really happy because I pulled the plug on something that I've been wanting to buy for so long and I haven't what? told Evelyn about it yet, <laughs> but I ordered a Thunderbird Turquoise Tuesday ring today. The, I think I know what you're talking about. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know where it's going to really fit on my hands because I have so many rings already, but I might have to get one out of there because I've been wanting it for so, so long. And um, other than that, uh, I don't like what? you anymore. Oh. Because now you made me really want another ring. <laughs> yeah, Why so we're obsessed with rings. I really like them, and I like how I like when my hands look good. Is that yeah. weird? I don't know. No, it's it's normal. Okay, because <laughs> um, my nails look so ratchet right now. I need to get them done. I think I want get acrylics again. But anyways, um, like I was um in a class the other day, and I just looked at my hands, and I'm like, wow, I really like my rings. <laughs> so it just puts me in a good mood and I love turquoise rings and they're just so expensive and it really goes the inside but I you went deserve- for it and so yeah I tried to make my Monday better and then I was like you know what I also deserve Starbucks and I also deserve a new pair of shoes and I also so mm-hmm. today's been a day <laughs> yeah I know how that is how about your week oh my god my week has been great because last week on Tuesday I started working at our family's dairy farm again and I was like thinking about what I was going to say for this episode because I don't really know but I was like oh wait that's a pretty big deal because I never thought that I would work there again in my life I always told Claudia that I told my family that I'm like yeah I'm probably never going to work at the dairy farm again and here I am three years later I haven't worked there in three years so, it's kind of funny because when you said that, mom's like, never say never, never say never. And you're like, oh my gosh, I totally know I'm never going to go back there. <laughs> and look what we have. Yep, exactly. And yeah, so I'm only part-time there because like New York Farm Rails takes up a lot of my time. And I do, I check fresh cows. I, I honestly do whatever they want. Like I was cleaning out water tubs the other day. I'm going to be feeding calves when Jojo leaves for Florida. They're leaving for 10 days again. Oh, yeah. I did. that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing up there. And it's like a 30-minute drive from my house, so it's really not that bad. But I'm really excited to be working with cows. And I didn't realize how much, like, how happy I am after working with animals. And, like, oh, man, I'm just, like, in such a better mood every day now. Yeah. Yeah, good. podcast with Evan Claude. Thank you, Key Apparel, for sponsoring this episode. 
Introducing Key for Business, your company's one-stop shop for uniform solutions, custom branded apparel, marketing gear, and our exclusive employee purchasing program. From the field to the office, Key for Business has the apparel your company needs to get the job done. But yeah, speaking of dairy, some of you guys know this already, but it's February Dairy. Honestly, I forgot about it until I saw like Dairy Girl Fitness post something. And yeah, it's February Dairy. If you don't know what that is, it's just basically a month to celebrate dairy and the dairy industry and milk and cows and everything. But yeah, the reason why we talk about this month is because it sometimes gets hijacked by animal rights activists and vegans. So it's honestly a great month to put some information out there. And um, it's, I don't know, like on Facebook, people share February Dairy posts like crazy. Um, our post about antibiotics last year got over 3 million views. Like, crazy. That is a lot of people. Like, I want to, like, look up in 3 million people and see how many that is. Have you seen that trend? Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. TikTok, let me make TikToks right now. I could totally do that, but I can't, so. It's really weird. Hopefully they didn't ban yeah. you. I know. That would be so sad. <laughs> but, yeah, it's February and... Usually we go hardcore and we do like a post every day about like calf separation, bull calves, like everything. And we probably will still. I mean, I probably will. And I don't know. What I'm really happy about though is in the past it used to be taken over by vegans. And now there's like so many advocates that the hashtag has been taken back over. Yay. Oh, I wish I could do sound effects on this, but I'll just do it myself. Oh, perfect. But yeah, um, I wanted to go like, obviously we do the posts and you can go read them if you want, like about certain practices we do on our farm, but I wanted to talk about them on here too. If there's anybody listening and they don't really know much about dairy farming, or even if you do, I like to talk about like the more touchy subjects on our page because I think it's important to talk about them because if you don't, somebody else will and they might talk about it in a bad way. So... I want to go over some of like the really important topics that we focus on heavily on our farm. So, Claudia, we have a list here. It's about three or four things, topics that we like to go into. Uh, I obviously said. build on that, but uh, that's what I came up with so far. I also want to add that um, I just went through a training the other day of how to talk to activists. It was very interesting, and maybe we'll do an episode on that. I don't know. I don't think we have already, but um, it was a really interesting training. I think that it gave me a lot of insight on what I've been doing wrong and what I've been doing right, and it was really cool to see how uh, the different perspectives on, you know, how to act around those kind of people. So. Yeah, that is really cool. You didn't tell me about that. Was that for school? Yes, maybe we'll have to talk about it next week. Um, yeah. Nope, that's for the dairy ambassador. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the first one, a question we get a lot from, not just from vegans and animal rights activists, it's from people that just, like, are curious about why we do this. And it's always the question, why isn't the baby with its mother? And there are a lot of answers to that, but... I always say, like, the number one reason is for the safety of the calf, safety and health of the calf. But 
There's a lot of like nitty gritty details. Claudia, do you want to just go over a couple of them? Like why we decide to separate our calves from the mothers on our farm? Uh, yes, I would love to. So on a dairy farm and like a beef farm, uh, it's kind of, let me start actually by prefacing. If I were to look at the process of the cow-calf separation on a dairy farm, like when I was younger, I didn't understand it either. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, that's so sad, right? Mm-hmm. And, but then obviously I learned and I realized we obviously, like, this is a practice as we done. We would not do it if it wasn't for the best interest of our cow and calf. We're not just doing it to be like total a-holes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, okay. So the first thing that I like to start off with is how fragile a baby calf is when it is born. Um, when cats are born, they're just like a newborn baby in a hospital. I mean, obviously, you're not going to have 3,000 people come up to it, and it's not going to be laying in poop and have, you know, obviously, we're trying to keep the germs away from a newborn baby. They don't have a great immune system. Their immune systems aren't developed until they're two months old. So I think that's a really important thing to share because we need to keep all the germs away, and I think that our barns are – pretty biosecure, but they're not, um, I think that it's just better to have them all separated in the calf barn instead of up in the um, barn where all these little babies are around all these big germs that they can't handle yet. Yeah, and with that. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, like you were talking about like the stuff they can't handle in the cow barn, like you have to imagine like what a cow barn looks like versus a calf barn. So the cow barn has free stalls, so it's like a little ledge that they can walk up onto and lay down and there's different stalls for each cow and there's sand bedding. And then, so that's like a calf would be, have a hard time maneuvering around in there. Like they'd be tripping over the ledge if they could even get up on it. You know what I mean? It's just like not a place for a calf. And then in our calf barn, we have like individual pens bedded with like ton of straw They have their own water bucket, their own food bucket. It's very, like, tailored to the calf, and it's just a cow barn is not a good place for a little tiny calf. And I'll add on to that even more for the next, like, reason why, is the size difference in these animals. Um, As you guys know, um, beef cows, or you don't know, (laughs) I just, like, forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Beef cows. <laughs> you like kind of gurgled. <laughs> Get the word out. Okay. Beef cows are very maternal, and over time, dairy cows have been that person, that trait has been that personality trait. That trait has been bred out of them. So, dairy cows are not that maternal. A lot of times, they'll pop out their baby and they'll just walk away from it and go eat food and won't care about it. Obviously, there are some great moms, and they lick off the baby, which they're supposed to do, but it's, like, not that often. I mean, I mean, it's often they lick off their baby, but they don't really care about the baby that much. Kind of sad. But, right. yeah. I'm well, getting off question. Here. So, no, it's okay. Um, so, with our last point where we were talking about how a calf is not fit for a cow barn, why can't we just have cows in a pasture is kind of what a lot of people say. Yeah, I mean, have you get if you're listening and you're wondering that, 
you probably haven't been to upstate New York, where right now it is blizzarding, freezing cold. And Angus calves, they're great. They're so strong. They can handle the cold. But Holstein calves, no. They will freeze to death out in the cold. So we keep our animals in a warm barn, blocked from the wind, comfy beds, access to food and water at all times. And that's just the way we like our animals. We like to treat them like royalty. And I love when cows get to go out on pasture. And I think that'd be great for like the summer months here. But there's really not that many summer months in upstate New York. Okay. Yeah. Um, our next, uh, Wait, unless no, you I wanted to add. Okay. I know, I'm not done yet. I think oh. the last room. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. There's just so many reasons. So another big reason why we do uh, cow-calf separation on dairy farms is because the first milk that comes out of a dairy cow after they've had a baby is called colostrum, and it's basically what we call liquid gold. It's got all those good nutrients in it, and it's packed with everything a baby needs to kind of get off to the right start. Um, when a calf is left with a cow and they just are trying to grow themselves, Sometimes maybe the baby will get not enough colostrum or too much colostrum or maybe the mom just isn't producing or the baby is too weak to stand or whatever it might be. When we have the baby for its first feeding and we, it is taken into our care, then we are able to feed it the exact same amount for each calf. So it's fed three quarts of milk each and we make sure that gets to it in the first um, hour of birth, which is super important to us. And half the time, the calf won't even drink it. So we have to tube the calf and make sure that that yummy liquid gold gets right to the calf. And yeah, yeah, so. I like that point because when it's with the mother, there's really no way to ensure that it's getting the amount of colostrum that it should be. Right. And another one I wanted to point out is the size difference. A Holstein cow can be like 1,200 to 1,500 pounds, and a calf is like 60 pounds. The biggest reason and the most sad thing that I've ever seen on our farm and why we decide to separate the calves is when the cows step on their babies. It has happened to me before where I walk into the barn and I didn't get the calf out soon enough, and it's dead and has a punctured lung because the mother was clumsy and stepped on her own baby. And that happens more often than I would like. And that's why we get our calves out as soon as possible. But yeah, I think that's like some of the most important reasons for why we separate the calves. Obviously, if you have any more questions or you want to like know how we separate them, um, you can ask us on Instagram and we'll be happy to talk to you about that. All right. So another topic that we get asked about is antibiotics and milk. I feel like the reason that people are confused about this one, thinking there are antibiotics in milk, is because of the labeling in grocery stores that say, like, oh, this milk is antibiotic-free. So then someone thinks that the milk next to it without that label is not antibiotic-free, which is not true. All milk in grocery stores is antibiotic-free. Do you want to add to that, Claudia? I think that pretty much hits it right on the head. I mean... People don't know that if we were ever to find antibiotics in our milk or the milkman or the processor or whoever it is, we would get fined and we have to dump all that milk. And it does not get added to anything else. 
Yes. And another thing to add on to that is our milk is tested on the farm. It's tested when it gets to the plant. It's tested in the plant. So it's tested multiple, multiple times before it gets to the grocery store to make sure there's no traces of antibiotics in it. Another thing I want to talk about is how we prevent antibiotics from getting in our milk. Um, Because like Claudia said, it's a huge fine if you do get it in your milk and they test it and they're like, oh, we got antibiotics in here. And that's not good. So the way we do it on our farm is if a cow is being treated by antibiotics, because we do use them on our farm when a cow isn't feeling good, we give her medicine and help her feel better, quicker. If a cow is treated with antibiotics, we look at the withdrawal period for that specific antibiotic. Withdrawal period means, say it has like a 30-day withdrawal period, that means that cow cannot put her milk into the tank for 30 days. So the antibiotic will be out of her by those 30 days. So once we give them the antibiotic, we put a red tag around their ankle and that just ensures that everybody knows she's been given antibiotics. She goes into what we call the red tag group. So there's a whole group of cows that we have that are being treated and we like to keep them very separate so that there's no mess ups. That is another topic we get asked a lot. Another one that we find really important to talk about um, because we get a lot of questions about it, is what do dairy farms do with their bull calves? Do you want to answer that, Claudia? Yes. So, obviously, on a dairy farm, bulls cannot make milk. And a lot of people justify it by saying this is the way we can get rid of AI, which is also another topic we could talk about today. Bulls, I actually know from firsthand experience because I raised a steer, which obviously is not the same thing as a bull, but I raised a steer for the last two years, and he got extremely aggressive, even though he was castrated. And honestly, like, bulls are just so much different than heifers, like, when it comes to aggressiveness and just way too friendly, honestly. Uh, Sometimes. Uh, for yeah. those who are not listening, can you define what a bull is, what a heifer is, and what a steer is, please? All right. Yeah, so a... Bull is just a non-castrated, so he still got his nuts on, and <laughs> he can get a cow pregnant, and there's just like, you know, that's what like bull riders ride is a bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, a steer is a castrated bull, so they cannot get anyone pregnant, and it's pretty much just like a sterile um, boy. A yeah. heifer is a cow that does not have a baby yet so it is a girl but it um has not been pregnant or had a calf and a cow is a girl that has had a baby so she's a mama so when you when you generalize cows you know you're kind of just really narrowing it down to those one groups but there's a lot of different types of cows maybe if you want to say that so Anyways, bulls are very aggressive and not fun to be around if you've ever been around one. There's a lot of different uh, methods that people use on dairy farms, and this is why it's a really touchy subject. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, we find out with a bull, I'll pop right in the head. But that's not what we do at all. So what we do is um, when we when we first look to see if this girl or boy, we'll put it in the respective barn. So on our farm, we have a heifer barn and we have a bull barn. And in the heifer barn, obviously, it's where all of our girls go. It's where we raise them up, where we wean them, and they eventually become our milking cows. Our bulls go to a different barn, 
and either there we are able to privately sell them so we'll post them on facebook or wherever it is and say okay this one's 100 bucks come and get it whenever and then that owner will decide what they want to do with it whether they're going to market or they're raising about themselves or whatever it may be um also another thing we do is every uh is it tuesday and thursday i think so yeah so someone will come with a a uh, cattle truck and kind of pick up all of our newborn bull calves and from there they will go to an auction at a uh, sale barn so those babies will go and join all of the other babies from the surrounding dairy farm and then buyers will buy the bull calves and then they further decide what they're going to do with it so sometimes private owners go to the sale barn and get auction there or sometimes a lot of times beef processors and everyone like that will buy them and obviously a lot of the, our bull calves uh, go for meat eventually so that's what goes into that I mean honestly these are production animals and it is hard to understand I when Evelyn and I were younger we our farm used to have a veal production side and our parents brought us into the veal barn one time and I don't know about you, Evelyn, but I was pretty sad after I left the veal barn until I understood fully about how blessed we are to have these production animals on um, in this world that we live in. So that's a whole other thing to talk about, but um, it's kind of just like you need to really fully understand and realize that every animal has a purpose, uh, usually on a dairy farm. Our heifers are going to go to milk, and our bull calves are going to go to meat eventually. Yeah. Agreed. They, yeah, everything she said was just so on point. But, yeah, sorry. My mind is so bad today. Why? I don't know. It's just like I can't focus. But I think those are, like, our three most talked about things. Claudia also mentioned the artificial insemination. Not all dairy farms do AI, but our farm does for many reasons. We Can you explain what that is? Yes, artificial insemination is when you, we don't have a bull on the farm, but we buy bull semen and we use it, we insert it into the cows and we get them pregnant when we want to. So we can have timing of when we want them to calve and all that. Um, and what's a huge benefit of AI, Evelyn? Um, my favorite benefit is how much it can improve the genetics in our herd. Because um, mm-hmm. you can choose what bull you want. It's not just one bull doing all the work and, I don't know, like having incest in our herd. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know how people... The gene oh, pool gets a little too small. Yeah. So... And then also the safety of not having a bull around. You don't have to worry watching your back all the time because bulls can be aggressive. I know people come at me when I say this, but they can be aggressive. They can flip switch really fast. And it's also safety for employees, safety for the cows because they're not easy on the cows. They hurt the cows back when they're constantly jumping on them and stuff like that. So those are just like quick reasons why we artificially inseminate on our farm i think that a huge like i think how i just it blows my mind that we can pick the top bulls in the nation and have them at our farm and have like these high class genetics and be able to pick exactly how we want like the mom's 
have wider hips for an easy calving, like all this other stuff and mm -hmm. milk quality and every single thing. You pick. Yep. Just like how we're not going to probably get into GMOs today, but yeah. kind of technology is just surging through the agricultural world. We should do that though for a future. Okay. Noted. <laughs> yeah. So those are the most common topics and I really, now that like we've went over them and if you were ever feeling like insecure, like you didn't want to post about them because you maybe didn't know a certain way about it, I just or encourage you to get learning from other agriculture pages and talk about them because we need more voices talking about the truth behind agriculture and not the emotional misleading information that vegans and animal rights activists put out there about those topics. So we were going to, I was going to go in a little bit about how to deal with activists, but I think that'd be like a whole episode worth. Don't you agree, Claude? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. We do have like a similar episode. It's called something haters on the, on our podcast. What is it called again? Oh, haters going to hate. Oh, okay. Right. But yeah, I want to go, like we talked about like all kinds of haters, but we will be going more into like, dealing with activist comments because and even activists coming up to you in person, because that's happened to me before. So we will get into that. But today, we just wanted to go over the February dairy topics that we really like to talk about and talk about all year, actually. But now we're going to go into a little more, I don't know, fun. I mean, that was fun, but not as fun as answering <laughs> your guys' questions. Um, Claudia and I picked some questions out. Thank you for asking them, those of you who did. Um, all 10 of you. And uh, <laughs> it's more than that. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're gonna go into the questions. So, do you want to start with one of yours, Claude? Yeah. Um, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I do like to pick a question for us. So, all right. One thing came to my mind right when I thought of this question because I was like, "How oh, the heck?" So. Here we go. What is, I don't care who it's from, whatever. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? All right, well, I really like this. Um, so I was in like uh, probably seventh grade and I'm surprised that I remember this because if you know me, I have a bad memory, very bad. <laughs> so like, okay, we're not even gonna get into that, but so bad I guys like seriously feel bad for me okay I was a basketball player at the time and we had this championship game my first shot I accidentally scored on the wrong basket so that's prefaced with that so they were up by actually two points at the end okay because I scored originally scored on the wrong basket but they were up by two, and it was a championship game, and there was, like, 30 seconds left, and I had been, like, assigned to take the last shot, like a three-pointer, because we had to win. Mm -hmm. And, of course, knowing me, I missed. And I was really sad about it, um, and I don't know if I'm a really emotional person. Maybe I am, probably. But um, I was really sad, and I was riding home with my dad after the game, and it was a full moon that night. <laughs> And the werewolf around, no, okay. So, so there was a full moon and I was like really sad. And my dad said, he was like, look at the moon. Like, look how big that is. And I was like, okay, like, I don't care. Like, stop talking to me. And he's like, 
you look at how big that moon is, your problem right now is literally so small. Like we, I think that we just, all of these things that we think are such a huge deal in our lives, like the moon is so big and it is unproblematic. Like all these things are just happening on the moon and like in our world, just without us even knowing like how crazy nature is and it all works itself out. And I just thought that was a really cool piece of advice because I think we stress about all these little things that we have in our life. And does that game mean anything to me right now? No. Like, I, and if I had known that it wouldn't mean anything to me at this moment right now, it would I would have had a better day that day. So how about everyone out there? Just think about one thing that happened maybe today or in the last week that you thought was a huge deal. And then look at the sun or look at the moon and realize how small that was now. I like that. That's so true because, like, in the moment, I, like, feel like the whole world's coming down on me. Like, I made this huge mistake. And then, like, Dad is actually really good advice because he kind of did something similar to me. He had me, like, write down, because I was so stressed, like, with the house and everything. He's like, write down all of, like, the bad possibilities that could happen and then look at it when in, like, a couple months from now and see if them actually, any of them, like, actually came true. And I looked at it the other day and like literally none of them happened. It was just me worrying. Yep. Wow. That's pretty cool too. Yeah. So he's good at advice. I think he's just, he is very like, he looks at the big picture and he realizes how fortunate we are to like everything. It's just so crazy, you know? Yep. I like that. Good, good, good. My next question is, what are some good courses to take for college uh, if you're trying to go for an agriculture degree? So I kind of went broad with this one. I think definitely take some ag business classes, especially if you're like me and you're not good at math. Like those are really helpful for me just to like start to understand how to do the financial parts of the business because somebody's got to do that. It's not going to be me still, but at least I have a little bit of information in my brain somewhere and another one I really think is important is Spanish Uh, if you're going to be working in the ag industry there's a lot of Hispanic workers and I think it's really important to be able to communicate with them Um, so like at Cobleskill I took immigration issues in ag and we got to learn all about like it was just so cool like them crossing the border and like how they decide where to go like what farm to go to like in everything like I just think it's really cool to get to know that side of things and I also said take some animal science classes even if you're not going to be working with animals directly I think it's really important just to have that background knowledge especially if you're going to be talking on social media you want to know what you're talking about when it comes to animals so yeah it's great I would like to add one thing Um, I would have never thought that I would have liked my entrepreneurship and leadership classes as much as I do and they have just given me a totally different perspective on a lot of things. And I thought they'd be super cringy and cheesy, but they ain't too bad. Good. So that's another one you guys can take if you're wondering what classes to take. Okay. Next question. Dan Hay 66 said, Evelyn is hot. <laughs> Dustin was like, I was reading through the comments and he was like standing behind me and he saw that. He's like, I like that question. Who? <laughs> Dustin. Oh, <laughs> yeah, great question. Thank you, Dan. Let's uh, pack it up. <laughs> All right. I'm going to answer this question. Um, does your farm have hired help? 
because a lot of people will say, like, how do you get vacation or all this stuff. Like, my family has never gotten that, blah, blah, blah. So it's pretty interesting because a lot of my friends here at school, it is literally them and their, like, parent or them and two other people working with them, which is pretty impressive. They have these huge operations and feedlots and everything. Um, I think that it is definitely a lot different for dairy and beef because on beef farms, I think that you can have, like, solely your family or solely this. But on dairy farms, I feel like it's a little more demanding. The animals are a little more demanding, like have to get fed three times a day, have to get milk three times a day, crops, um, how we do. There's so many jobs within, like, a dairy Mm -hmm. farm. When you have to work a pen of cattle on a beef farm, obviously that's, like, a – not an everyday thing, but on dairy farms, we're in the pens every day and we're checking up on them and everything's a little more meticulous, I think. So we have people that feed the cows, we have people that milk the cows, we have people that check the fresh cows, we have people that work on the tractors every day, we have people that feed the cows, we have different people for all these different jobs to keep our gears turning um, in the in the spring and fall and the summer. We have a person that is pretty much assigned to a piece of equipment for pretty much the whole season so maybe one person will be plowing for a week or someone will be mowing hay for a week or someone will be grinding corn in the fall or loading beans or whatever it is so we kind of are like specialized in a way I think um like Evelyn just started got it working with the tractors but like we kind of have our own specializations I feel um we do have a couple of people that go back and forth between crop and cows but I think for the most part like my dad would not work with the cows he's specializing in the crop department yeah I agree but I feel like maybe on smaller farms they could get away with it like having maybe just their family but like I want to know like what's the biggest farm with like the least amount of employees and like how they're doing that would be interesting to know someone someone needs to check in on them (laughs) how you doing I like that question my last question is kind of something we're going to talk about it's just a simple how much do we feed the calves on the second feeding so you know for the first one they get that we try to give them like up to four quarts of colostrum but the second feeding um we don't want to like overload them and they're just getting well I guess Jojo told me they are they try to do like colostrum on the second feeding too now but I did hear that yep I mean, I think that as much as you can, if we have a surplus of it, we're going to try, but... Yeah, sometimes we don't have enough classroom, so, like, on the second feeding, we'll feed just regular milk what all the calves get, and we'll usually give them around three quarts. Right. Unless it's a baby jersey, then they get, like, two quarts. But, yeah. Do you have any more questions? Uh, yeah, I want to touch on, um, someone asked about speed tilling and speed plowing and I want to start by saying I think that every region is different every every region of the country is different soil we have honey little sod and you can have like black dirt or clay or whatever it is so here in Nebraska uh, they called me crazy when I told them how much we till our land and obviously we do till a lot Um, my dad believes in it I don't think he would ever do no till but around here they might go over it once but they pretty much do no till and it's a lot different, I think, because my dad likes to break up the ground and get all those good juices flowing. We sometimes even go in with, like, a big plow, and then we want to pass it, and then we'll, like, roll our hair and desk it and, and then pack it down. 
with like a cold packer, but I think it's all in preference and I know it's been like a controversial thing and people around us are starting to do a little bit more no-till, but I mean, I personally do agree with my dad a little bit. I think it is just crazy to just do ext- like extreme no-till and just not even touch the ground before you go in with the planter, but that is pretty much all preference for from farm to farm and I mean there's con- pros and cons to both if you're using more diesel fuel and you think you're packing it down and it's hard on your equipment and you're spending more in the long run and with doing a lot of till like we do then it's just different like that but I just learned a lot yeah good that's awesome <laughs> yeah, I don't really know much about that stuff when people ask me I'm like Um, You can talk to Claudia. (laughs) I don't think I know that much either. So those are all of our questions for this week. And I really hope you guys ask some, you don't, they don't need to be farm related questions or anything, uh, but we'll post that again on our Instagram story. So keep an eye out. Yeah. And this was like a cool episode. I feel like it was more laid back than normal. Like last week we were like super hyped and like doing our trivia thing on our trivia BS. (sighs) Oh gosh, get me off my trivia BS. <laughs> but yeah. Um, also, I put up some new tumblers and stickers in our shop. So if you want to go do that and look at those, you can or don't. There are the link in our Instagram bio. They're pretty cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Monday. Good night.